Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Aha. He is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Yes, it does. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Go ahead and look at the person beside you and tell them Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Good to be in church today. Feels good. If you have your Bibles, let's stand and we'll make our way to Matthew chapter 1 and 23. I've already referenced this verse a few times this Christmas season, but the Lord redirected me right back to it this week. And uh, I want you to know that I'm very glad that you're here today. Uh, I don't begrudge anybody that is traveling right now. People are out um, hither and yon to be with family. And in fact, next year at this time, it'll be my time to be with my in-laws and I'll be gone. I understand that. But I am so glad that you are in the house of the Lord this morning and that we are worshiping the Lord together. There's no better no better place to be. And I'll tell you something about the Christmas season that always strikes me as a parent. I didn't understand this as a child, but as a parent, I really understand that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Because can I just tell you, I get a whole lot more joy watching my kids open their presents than I get even opening my own presents because it really is more blessed to give than to receive. How many are glad he paid the ultimate price and gave us the ultimate gift? Praise God. Matthew 1.23, if you have that, say amen. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. And so I'm preaching today this message, Emmanuel. God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's put our Bibles down and lift up our hands one more time and let's just enter into his presence for a moment, shall we? Can you lay aside every weight, lay aside every care? Lord, in the name of Jesus, God, you are here. You are with us. You are Emmanuel today. We are thankful for it, Lord. We are hungry for your touch. We are grateful for your presence, Lord. We worship you in this place. We magnify you, God. Can we take about 15 seconds and just open up our mouths and make a joyful noise unto the Lord? Does anybody have a praise in your heart? Why don't you go ahead and just magnify the Lord right now? Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Amen. Thank you for standing. God bless you. You can be seated. The psalmist po poetically referred to God as their refuge, their fortress, their ever-present help in the time of trouble. They spoke of the shelter of the Most High and the shadow of the Almighty. King David wrote in Psalm 32 and 7, Thou art my hiding place. Thou shalt preserve me from trouble. Thou shalt compass me about with songs of deliverance, Selah. All of these are beautiful descriptors of a God they had never seen.
But the beauty of the Christmas story is that God came down into his own creation. The great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. How many are familiar with that song, Down From His Glory? I was thinking of that song last night and I began to research it. And I came across the origin of that song. It goes all the way back to 1921. William Booth Cliburn preached a successful tent revival in Lodi, California. I immediately identified with the story because I've preached several revivals in Lodi, California. Inspired by the results of that revival, Reverend Cliburn suggested that they continue the revival a little further south in a town called Holtville, California. And after they got their permits together and they got lighting and they acquired a tent, they began holding services. But sadly, heavy rains and low attendance literally quenched the fiery services. Unable to pay the light bill for the week of disappointing meetings, Reverend Cliburn and his comrades took temporary jobs as field hands harvesting corn. The evangelist, unused to such labor and forlorn by his failure, did little work. Instead, he sat down crestfallen and dejected. And in this moment of self-pity, the Lord began to deal with this preacher. And words began to flow in his spirit. And a melody began to play in his heart. And Reverend Cliburn began to sing the words to one of the greatest anthems of the Oneness Apostolic Church. Down from his glory. Ever living story. My God, my Savior came. And Jesus was his name. Born in a manger to his own a stranger, a man of sorrows, tears, and agony. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. Anybody love him this morning? How many are glad that the great creator came down into the world? I Listen, I, it's Christmas, and you're just going to have to humor me. I can't stop. I've got to keep on reading this song. What condescension bringing us redemption, that in the dead of night, not one faint hope in sight, God, gracious, tender, laid aside his splendor, stooping to woo, to win, to save my soul. Without reluctance, flesh and blood is substance. He took the form of man, revealed the hidden plan. Oh, glorious mystery, sacrifice of Calvary. And now I know thou art art the great I am. Oh, how I love him. How I adore him. Hallelujah. My breath, my sunshine, my all in all. The great creator became my savior and all God's fullness dwelleth in him. Down from his glory is one of the greatest oneness apostolic songs, in my opinion, ever penned. And it was birthed from pain and discouragement. He wasn't on a mountaintop. He wasn't at the peak of revival when he was given the words to this song. Instead, he was in a place 
of dejection. He was forlorn. And in that pain, the Holy Ghost began to move on Reverend Cliburn and reminded him that he is Emmanuel, God, with us. In his moment of despair, God reminded him that I am with you. I came down from glory so that I could be with you, so that I could touch you. I don't know what's raining on your personal revival today, but I want you to know that he is Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know what fiery furnaces you're facing in this coming year, but I want you to know that he is Emmanuel, God with us. I don't know what pain you're experiencing in your body today, but I want to remind you he is Emmanuel, God with us. I want somebody to understand that it doesn't matter if you're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. He is Emmanuel, God with us. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to clap your hands this morning and give God praise. I don't know what disappointments are plaguing your mind, but he is Emmanuel, God with us. Yes, he is. Someone say Emmanuel. It must have been terrifying to give birth to a baby in a barn. But when Mary looked down at that child, she was looking at Emmanuel, God with us. It's just my opinion. I, I know there's a lot of other reasons for it. There was a lot of things that went into it. But I personally believe that God sent the shepherds and the wise men bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh to reassure Mary and Joseph that their baby was indeed the king of kings. And I believe that God sent the star of Bethlehem to assure Mary and Joseph that their baby was indeed the great light of the world. It must have been hard to hold on to the promises and remember the voices of the angels when they realized there was no room for them in the end. It must have been hard for them to hold fast to the promises of God and the reality that they were giving birth to the Messiah when they were stuck in a stable filled with hay. But God will always send a shepherd into your life. And God will always send a wise man into your life to remind you that he is for you and not against you. To remind you that he's working all things together for your good. To remind you that he is Emmanuel. And that he is with you in the midst of your disappointment. In the midst of your dis discouragement. In the midst of things you don't understand. In the midst of confusion. He is Emmanuel, God, with us. Yes, he is. And he's working all things together for our good. You probably never think about it. But we're living on a planet that is currently spinning around its axis at a speed of approximately a thousand miles per hour. Just think about that for a moment. We are spinning right now a thousand miles per hour. And God created this process so precisely that we can't even feel it happening. You don't even realize that we're moving right now. Plus, planet Earth is speeding through space at approximately 67,000 miles per hour. Every day we travel 1,608,000,000 miles through space without a single glitch or a single problem, and we don't even realize it's happening. 
Most people get nervous when they step on an airplane because a human being is behind the wheel and airplanes are finite objects that have the potential for failure. But no one in this room ever stops to worry if the world might spin off its axis or maybe we'll bump into something in the space-time continuum because we know that God has all things in control and we know instinctively that God is Emmanuel. He is with us and he is taking care of us as children we used to sing that song he's got the whole world in his hands and we didn't realize how true it is but he really does have the world in his hands in the beginning God spoke the universe into existence with four little words let there be light these are God's first recorded words and this is God's first recorded miracle light is the source of vision Without light, we cannot see. Light is the key to technology. It's how we talk to people halfway around the world without a second delay because light can circumvent the globe seven times a second. Light is the first link in the food chain. No photosynthesis equals no food. Light is the basis of health. The absence of light causes everything from vitamin deficiencies to depression. Light is the origin of energy. In Einstein's famous equation, E equals MC squared, M represents the speed of light. The speed of light is constant, and the speed of light is how we measure space and time. God created light first because it undergirds everything else. And it brings a special reminder to us when we hear what pastor taught this morning that Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus is the source of everything. Jesus is the one who undergirds our health. Jesus is the one who undergirds our world. Jesus is the one who holds space and time in his hand. He is the great light of the world. In 1925, Edwin Hubble introduced his telescope to the world and the scientific community discovered that the universe is over 100,000 times larger than scientists previously thought possible. But that wasn't the most interesting discovery. The Hubble telescope revealed that the universe is still expanding right at this very moment here's what that means the four words spoken by God in the beginning are still creating galaxies in the outer edges of the universe today All right, I know that went over some of us a little bit, but I'm going to help you. With just four words, God created an ever-expanding universe that measures at least 93 billion light years in diameter. And all of that is just Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be light. If God can do all of that for the universe with just four words, I want you to stop and think about what Emmanuel, God with us, can do do today some of you are wondering how God's ever going to heal your body if if just four words can create a universe that will not stop
stop expanding. God can speak into your world right now and heal your body. But what about cancer? It only takes one word from the master. And he's here. He's with us. He's for us. Somebody clap your hands to Emmanuel and thank him for being here with us today. He's for me. He's for me. He's for me. Some of you are in the middle of a fiery furnace and you got there because you were doing the right thing and you don't know how you're going to come through on the other side. You ought to open up your eyes because he is Emmanuel, God with you. In the middle of the furnace, he's going to show up because he is Emmanuel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 2 records the first instance of God coming down into the midst of his creation. He reached into the dust of the ground and formed Adam and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And in the next verse, God planted a garden called Eden for Adam to live in. I had never noticed until this week that God literally planted the garden. In the beginning, God came down into his own creation, formed man from the dust, and planted a garden for his creation to live in. Oh, God loves us. Yes, he does. Genesis chapter 3 records the second instance of God coming down from his glory into the midst of creation. Adam and Eve had just sinned against God, and they were naked and ashamed. And when God called to them in the cool of the evening, they hid themselves from his presence and ran from his voice. That's what sin did. Sin separated us from the presence of God. But everything about the Christmas story is intended to show us with beauty and majesty that God was willing to come down into his own creation. In fact, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost, and I'm done. I need the musicians to come. I'm just going to preach another minute here. In fact, not only was God willing to come down into the midst of his own creation, but God did something unique, something he did not do in Genesis chapter 2 or Genesis chapter 3. God literally became his own creation oh that ought to wake somebody up I know it's Christmas Eve and I know we've got cakes in the oven and and we've got pot roast going and all of that kind of thing but I came to remind somebody today that God not only came into his creation he didn't just come and make some things but he became a part of his creation he condescended into my world he became a man just like me I want to remind you that he was fully God and fully man at the same time he was in all points tempted like as are we he felt pain he felt discouragement he felt disappointment He knew what fear felt like. He endured sorrow. All of things. He suffered shame and rejection. All because you and I were in need of a Savior. All because he loved us enough to become a creature capable of having nails driven his hands and feet. 
He loved us enough to become a creature of his own creation that could have a spear thrust into his side. He didn't have to do it, but he did. He loved us enough to become a creature of his own creation that could have a crown of thorns pressed on his head until blood flowed down into his eyes. All of that began as a baby, but God knew what he was doing. It was Emmanuel, God with us. He came to be the sacrifice that you and I were incapable of being. He came to be the sacrifice that nothing else could satisfy. Why did he do all of that? Why? It goes all the way back to the book of Genesis when Eve picked up that fruit and said, I don't care what God said, I'm going to do what I want to do. God could have wiped out creation and said, that's it, I'm starting over. In fact, I think that's what Satan thought God would do. I really believe that Satan thought that God would step down into his creation. I really do. I believe the devil thought that God would say, all right, I'm wiping it out. If God could create light that sustains the entire world with just four words, God could have wiped his creation out with one breath. Could have thrown it in the trash can of the universe and started over from scratch with people who would be willing to listen to his voice. But God loved us enough that in that garden he created a plan, a plan that was laid from the foundation of the world. It goes all the way to Bethlehem's manger. And from Bethlehem's manger it goes all the way to Calvary. From Calvary, it went to Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was poured out and God with us became God in us. And it goes all the way from the day of Pentecost to 9769 Terra Boulevard, Jonesboro, Georgia, Apostolic Tabernacle with people who know that Jesus is God with us and God in us, and if God before us, who can be against us? Somebody stand and clap your hands to the Lord. Some of you are going through some things today, and I want to remind you that he is not only with us, he is in us, and nothing can stand against us. I know what happens. It's holidays. Some of you are facing things, and you're trying to put it out of your mind because you know you've got to get through Christmas, and some of you are wondering how you're going to adjust to the new year. And the Lord put this word in my spirit, the birth of a baby, a baby king. Today you're focused on it to remind you that no matter what you're going through, God is with you. I want you to lift up your hand right now and I want you to just call on his name right now. Can you do that? Just as he was there in that manger, he's here right now. Come on, somebody, call out to him. He's not far removed. He's not distant. He's not in some other galaxy unaware of our pain. He's, <laughs> he's not unaware of our suffering. He knows all about it. He loves us. That's why he came. He didn't came so he could leave and forget about us. He is here. His spirit is here right now. He's dwelling inside of us. 
I know it's Christmas Eve and we've abbreviated the service, but I really feel strongly that there's at least a dozen people who need to step into this altar and come and let God with you become God in you. You need to let the Holy Ghost flow through you this morning. I wouldn't leave this Christmas Eve service without allowing the Holy Ghost to flow through your spirit. Come to this altar and lift up your hands and let tears flow. And just begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Come on, somebody. Let God with you become God in you right now. God is for you. God is with you. And God wants to be inside of you working. Come on, let the power of the Holy Ghost bring comfort to you in the middle of this Christmas season. And know he's working all things together for good. Sleep in heavenly peace. Sleep in heavenly peace. appropriate just reach over and pray for your neighbor right now come on your neighbor might need a shepherd or a wise man to just reassure them that everything's going to be okay come on just reach over and let somebody know everything's going to be all right it's going to be okay it's going to be okay it's going to be okay god's got this god's got this god's got it under control god has a plan glories streams from Heaven afar, heavenly hosts sing hallelujah. <laughs> Christ the Savior is born. Christ the Savior. Come on, pray a prayer of blessing over your neighbor right now. Come on, pray a prayer of blessing over them right now in the name of Jesus. I pray you'd bless them indeed, oh God. I pray you'd bless their health. I pray you'd bless their finances, God. I pray you'd bless their families. I pray that there would be peace in homes. I pray that there would be no strife in this Christmas season, Lord. I pray that this would be a joyful time. I pray that this would be a time of memories. I pray that this, Lord, would be a time where we could feel your presence all around us. 
Savior 